seated. Well, thank you for joining us this morning as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. I have led in these services for over many years now. And for me, it's still a very humbling experience uh, to uh, lead a church and partaking of the Lord's Supper. Mainly because I know how unworthy I am, how undeserving I am, and what Jesus did for me. When I think about what He did for me and how unworthy I am, it breaks something in my heart. And I don't think we think about that enough. I don't think we remember enough what God has done for us in giving His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. When I was a kid in church, I would sit there and there was a table in the very front uh, that was placed right before, right in front of where the pastor would get up and speak every week. I had no idea what that table was for. My mother and father was divorced, and so I kind of did the swapping thing back and forth. And when I was growing up, my church always did the communion service on Sunday night. I don't know about you, but that's when they did it, usually at the end of the service on Sunday night. And so I had no idea what that table was for because I never got to go to church on Sunday evening. As far as I could tell, it held the offering plates and a flower. But there was these words uh, written across the front of that table. It said, do this in remembrance of me. Well, not only was I confused about what the table was about, I was definitely confused about what those words meant. I had no idea. Being somewhat insecure as a child, I didn't want to ask because I felt like it would make me look dumber than I was. Somebody might make fun of me because I grew up in church. I should know those things. And so I just didn't ask. Later on, I did find out that this table uh, was used to hold the communion set uh, when they served the Lord's Supper. But that's about all I knew about it. But there were some deeper questions that I really needed answered in my own life about those words. Do this in remembrance of me. Do what? In remembrance of who? I didn't know. It may seem somewhat elementary to most of you, but I really didn't understand. And to be honest with you, I'm not so sure we as adults fully understand what it means to do this in remembrance of me. So I want to read a passage of Scripture found in Luke chapter 22. We're going to begin reading here in verse 7. It says, Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Now you'll see different terms for this festival. It's called the Passover. It's called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It was seven to eight days that it would last. These titles are interchangeable, uh, used to mean the same thing. In verse 8, it says, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. And so he sent these two disciples on ahead into Jerusalem 
to find this man who owned this house. He says, where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him at the house he enters. Now, you have to understand that in Jerusalem during this week, uh, there were millions of people there. So how in the world were they going to be able to find this one man in the midst of all of these people? Well, Jesus gave them a really good sign. It may not seem like much, but he said, find the man that is carrying the water jar. Now, why is that so unusual? Because in this day, uh, that was a job that was considered beneath men. And so the women normally did that job. And so to see a man carrying a water jar was highly unusual. And so they looked for him in verse 11, it says, say to the owner, the teacher asked, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So Jesus has already pre-planned, made reservations. Again, millions of people there. There were limited places to celebrate and eat the Lord's Supper or the Passover meal. So Jesus had already planned this out. All the disciples had to do was to find this room that was already prepared and then fix the meal, which included the lamb, uh, spices, sauces, unleavened bread, and wine. So all they had to do was gather those things together, bring them to the room, and then go let Jesus know that it was ready for them. Verse 12, it says, He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is, where you should, uh, that is where you should prepare a meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. Now, I want you to get this image in the upper room. It's a large room, uh, fully capable of handling the 12 disciples and Jesus. But it's also a room that is at the very top of the house. And so that removes it from any of the noise that is on the street level. It's also very intimate. Even though it's a large room, it is very intimate in how it's set up and how it's arranged. And so the disciples could lounge around the table, which is the way they did it in those days. And Jesus would have one face-to-face conversation with them. So it was a very intimate time. And Jesus desired this time with them because he had something he really needed to share with them. He wanted to give them some insight on what the next few days was going to hold. Also, he wanted them to understand what the future held for them. Even though they didn't fully understand it at the time, he needed this moment with them. He desired this time with them. He needed this opportunity to share in the importance of their life so that they would know when the time came. Today, as we observe the Lord's Supper also known as the Last Supper or Communion, I want you to understand that Jesus wants to be intimate with you. He desires this time with you. He wants you to take advantage of this opportunity. To me, it's one of the most exciting experiences that we have as believers in Christ. And it's a shame that so many churches today just simply make it a tag-on. We'll have a worship service and then we'll... Just tag it on at the end. We want to honor this time. We want to make it special because Jesus made it special. Now to answer those questions that I mentioned a while ago, what is it we are to do? 
Well, it's simple. We're to remember. We're to remember the great sacrifice our Lord Jesus Christ made for us. We're to remember what He did and what He went through for us. We're to remember that by Him giving His life, He provided a way that we could not only be forgiven of our sins, but we could have an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. It was through that sacrifice, it was through that gift that gave us this privilege and this honor to have an intimate relationship with our Father. We are to remember. To remember what He went through. His broken body that was torn, that was beaten. They put the crown of thorns upon His brow and blood flowed from His brow. We need to remember the piercing of His side. The nails that went in His hands and His feet. His broken body, the blood that flowed from Him. As a sacrifice for us, we need to remember that often in our lives, in the way that we live. The best way that we can remember this sacrifice is to live out our life on this earth in a way that honors Him. As we remember, we need to live out our life here in a way that is a memorial to Him and what Jesus did for us. So we are to remember. Secondly, what is it that we are to remember? Or who is it that we are to remember? It is said or estimated that during the time of this, these festivities that around 300,000 lambs were slaughtered in Jerusalem. They had to bring them at a certain time, about a two-hour period, where the slaughters went, or slaughters took place. So they brought them to the priest, and they slaughtered the lambs, and they said that so much blood would flow down through the valleys and into the creeks and rivers that the water would turn red itself. Unfortunately for us, there's not a lamb. There's not an animal sacrifice that would meet the requirement that God required for our sin. Who are we to remember? We remember Jesus Christ. For He is the only one that was worthy. He is the only one that met the requirements of God. He is the only one who met the righteous requirements of the law. He is the only one that could die in our place. He is the only one who could take upon Himself our sin. He is the only one who could pay our sin debt. Jesus Christ was the only one. And without Him we had no hope, we had no means to bridge the gap to our Heavenly Father and to eternity. Jesus was the only one. As we got so much to be grateful for, we got so much to thank God for. But none, no more than Jesus Christ. We need to make sure that we remember the sacrifice and what He went through. We need to make sure that we put our praise and worship to Him and give Him what is due Him. Jesus Christ alone is worthy of our devotion and love. He alone is worthy of our service and loyalty. He alone is worthy of us being here today. This is not about anybody but Him, Jesus Christ. It goes on to say in verse 14, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. 
Jesus said, now listen to these words, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And so here again he's given them some future reference that the next time they see him after his resurrection and his ascension will be in heaven. Verse 17, then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. As they gathered in the upper room, it was the end of one celebration. In the beginning of another. You see, it was the end of the Passover but the beginning of communion. Everything they did in that meal that day was done in the tradition and the order of taking the Passover meal. There were four cups of wine that were passed. The first being the cup of thanksgiving is what we just read. They were giving thanks for what God had done in removing them from Egypt, saving them from bondage, and bringing them out of slavery into the promised land. But within the order and tradition of how the meal was received, Jesus inaugurated into that the Lord's Supper. And so he didn't break any traditions. He didn't break any of the normal routine that they did during this time of this meal. He simply initiated into that the meaning of what was about to happen. This would be the last Passover, but it would be the first celebration of the Lord's Supper. Now, just as Jesus desired to have this intimate time with his disciples, just as he desired to spend this opportunity with them and to invest in them so that they would understand what was about to happen and what the future was to hold for them, he also wants to do with us today. And so use your imagination a little bit, and I want you to pretend that we are sitting around the table. Jesus is here, and he is. And he wants to share this moment with you. So I'm going to ask our worship team to come back out, and I'm going to ask our servers to get ready to prepare for this time. And while they do that, I want us to prepare ourselves. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. When your eyes closed and your head's bowed, I'm going to ask you to remember. I want you to think about what Jesus went through for you. I want you to picture his broken body. What they did to him with the cat of nine tails. The scourging. I want you to think about and picture in your mind when they slapped him in the face as a means of humility. As they put the robe on him and the crown of thorns and mashed it upon his head. I want you to think about that image. Think about what it was like for Jesus to carry his cross up Golgotha's hill. What it was like for him to be nailed to the cross. 
then put on display before all people. I want you to picture him on the cross. Picture him on the cross. As he struggled to breathe. All the physical pain that any man would feel he felt. He suffered for us. He died for us. He went through all of that for us. He gave himself willingly for us. How many of us, given the opportunity, would give a child for the sake of the unworthy? How many of us would give the most precious thing in our lives? Grandparents, think about those grandchildren. How many of you would willingly give that child as a sacrifice for people who, for the most part, wouldn't even appreciate it? God gave His only Son so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins so that we could have a relationship with Him. I want you to evaluate your heart right now. Where are you in this relationship? Where are you in this relationship? Evaluate where you are. There may be some here today and you've never prayed that prayer to receive Jesus. And you know right now that you've never prayed, you've never invited Jesus into your heart, you've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins, you've never turned your life over to Him. And you know that's where you are today. Right now in your own heart, you can pray that prayer. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins and turn your life over to Him. Maybe you're not where you need to be in that relationship and you know it. You've neglected your time with God. You've neglected to spend that time with Him that you need to be spending. And you want to correct that today. Maybe there's a sin in your life and that sin is hindering you from fully experiencing the love of God. Why don't you confess it today? Why don't you release it to Him and just give it away? Father, we thank You and we love You so very much. I cannot fathom what it must have been like you for you, Heavenly Father, to watch your son suffer and die a cruel death. But neither can I imagine in my mind what it must be like when we reject the sacrifice that you gave. Or we take it for granted or we simply abuse it and Father, we're asking you today to forgive us, to restore us, to embrace us. 
His sacrifice paid the penalty of sin. His sacrifice overcame the power of sin. His sacrifice removed the perversion of sin. So that when we stand before the Lord, we will be seen as righteous and holy, pure. Because Jesus took upon the punishment of his, on Himself. Father, these next few moments, let us reflect, let us remember, and let us focus on Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name.